Howdy, football fans. Another interview. Tyler Terrence here from Three Honest Lads, and we have a very special treat for you. As Steve Trichard from the Colorado Springs Switchbacks of the Western Conference of the USL Championship was nice enough to sit down with Devin and myself and discuss not only the state of the Colorado Springs Switchbacks at Widener Field, which actually is the most elevated field in the continental United States. And we were able to discuss a number of things with Steve Trichu, not only the battles that he faces with budget constraints is one of the lowest budgets in the USL championship, but his time as a player, some of his favorite cities to visit, the state of the U.S. men's national team, of course, his time with the 1990 World Cup team, which then led to him being the first ever American to play in what was called back then the European Cup, which is known now as UEFA Champions League. But without any further ado, our interview with Colorado Springs Switchbats head coach, Steve Trichu. you football-loving maniacs. Time for another interview here on Three Honest Lads, and boy, do we have a great one for you today. Mr. Steve Trichu, former U.S. Men's National Team player and, of course, the head coach of Colorado Springs Switchbacks over in the Western Conference of the USL Championship. Coach, how are we doing today? Good. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Oh, and we have Devin Kurt on the phone as well. I guess I should have mentioned that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, coach. So far, you know, Colorado Springs off to off to a decent start. You guys had some good results at the beginning of the season and, you know, struggling to find a win as of late. But I want to start in terms of, of how this job came about for you. And obviously, you know, Devin and I did our due diligence, but there seems to be a, a bit of a gap in, in your life, at least on the Internet. Uh, I'm <laughs> sure you were out and about and doing things. But from 2006 to 2015, once you were finished up as an assistant with the Colorado Rapids, there, there seems to be no information on Steve Trichu. So can you fill in those nine years or so and then sort of how the Colorado Springs job came about? Man, it seems like a long time. <laughs> uh, no, you know, I, after, uh, so I was, yeah, I was four years with the, um, with the, with the Rapids as assistant. And then um, uh, at the time, Fernando Clavio wanted to bring a friend of his in. So I was kind of on the out there. Um, uh, but then I, you know, I started doing some, I, I kind of stayed in the Denver area, did a lot of uh, club coaching, um, was involved with uh, the Colorado Rush uh, uh, DA Academy when it first started out. Um, and then I moved on to another uh, youth club, and then um, we got affiliated with the Rapids. And I, I, I coached the, the DA there for a couple of years. Um, and so, and then it, I was also helping out at some colleges. I helped out at Colorado School of Mines at times, uh, Regis University, and then um, at Air Force Academy, just kind of helping them out. So just, you know, trying to do as much coaching as I could. This came about uh, Peter Miller at the time. I think he was the, the technical director for, for USL. Just gave me a call and said, hey, there's there's going to be a there's going to be a team opening up in the sp- uh, in the spring. Would you be interested in interviewing? I said, hey, absolutely. And so, really, I, I met with uh, the ownership uh, really just twice, and um, they offered it to me. And it was something I wanted to keep, you know, get involved with. It worked out. So um, this is where I am right now. All right, coach. Let's jump to 2019. You and I were were chatting about it just before Tyler came on. Uh, you take a look at the standings. Boys are currently sitting 14th, though, to be fair. That doesn't really mean much on eight points because a win gets you into fourth. So let's just talk about the games overall. You and I spoke before the Phoenix game, and the run-up form was quite nice. You had a nice start to the season, uh, drubbing of low stows. To be fair, the, the Sac Republic game, when you're at home, uh, kind of a 50-50 match. They got the goal, but that could have gone either way. Great win versus San Antonio, the tie versus Phoenix. Since then, haven't been able to get in the win column. So talk to me about your thoughts 
on on your overall 2019 season so far? And more specifically, let's go into the, the T2 game where it was the 2-2 game. Yes, you know, I mean, I've, really so far it's been decent. Um, I, you know, I had a lot of turnover from last year, which – um, with this club, it's 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 kind of like that every year. It's like you know I'm starting over every year um, with new players. But you know the guys came together. Yes, there were some good results at the beginning. And um, after the Phoenix game, we we went out to Orange County and we played okay. But um, we're, we're just losing. We we lost something for that game. But now we've had a couple injuries. Said Robinson's out. Chris Reeves has been out. You know, a, a center back and. Um, at the moment, I really I only have 14 guys on contract, so that's really putting me at 12 right now. And then uh, you know the Rapids have given me some loan players, really young loan players. But uh, you know we've fought through some games, and uh, the, the disappointing one was last week here against Reno. Um, you know we had about an hour and a half, two hour delay in the game because of snow, and it kind of threw the players off a little bit. But even saying that though, we had a I thought the first half we. Uh, we did pretty well. We had a lot of a few chances to score, uh, and just didn't. And right now, it's kind of it's kind of a little bit like last year. We're giving up some soft goals, uh, really individual mistakes that we've got to correct. And I think we'll be all right. But then, you know, the other night in in Portland, um, I thought we had a really uh, probably one of our best first halves of the season. Um, I thought, uh, and they're they're actually a good team. Uh, I, it, it kind of surprised me. Um, they were very well organized. They're very well in, in trend. They, they come in transition, and so. You know, to to get a point out of that, which kind of disappointed because we had the game with about five minutes to go with two one, and then gave up another kind of bad goal. But um, no, it's it's been it's been decent. Uh, you know, it, it's better than last year. I tried to bring in a few more experienced players, um, smarter players, if you will. <laughs> That's kind of not worked out though. But um, you know, it's it, it, it's it's a good start, and we're we're still in the thick of it right now. It's very early. Um, and then now we go to Tulsa on Wednesday, and um, you know, hopefully we can get a result there. And Coach, uh, April 15th uh, came and went taxes. So let's talk money for a second. It's no secret that Colorado Springs <laughs> Switchbacks have one of the biggest budgets, not only in the USL Championship, but in world football. Saudi Amane, Eden Hazard, these are guys that are on the transfer block. Who are you looking to pick up uh, come the summer transfer window? Well, I can tell you right now, there's not going to be anybody coming in. <laughs> so, you know, it is, it is what it is right now. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've been through this for five years now, and you know, it's frustrating at times that I just put my head down and say, this is what it is. Um, we, we get through it. Um, you know, and we, we're there. We, we compete constantly every, every week. And I, and I know the league has grown, especially the last two years. Um, and, and we just got to try and stay competitive, and which I think we have. You know, we're not getting blown out of games. We're, not, we're always in the games. Um, but, yeah, I would if, – if I had my choice, I, I would like to see what I could do with a little bit more. But, um, hey, it is what it is. Coach, let's, let's venture out here and have some fun in that area. <laughs> if money is no object, because you, you talked about, you know, kind of your roster, you're having to start over every year. Money is no object, and you can have one player to start your team and get things going. From either conference, who would you go out and get? Who do you like? <laughs> wow, you know that's that's a tough one because um, you know I I I really want to uh, I try I'm trying to uh, get our our team better right now with a goal scorer and then I also I also need another center back uh, uh, a a center back that can organize in the back um, so you know I'm kind of torn because we are doing pretty well we just we're not scoring goals right now so I'd have to look at a probably a uh, a decent uh, goal scorer up top. Um, trying to think who comes to mind. How about a Dane Kelly? We'll put a Dane Kelly up there. <laughs> you know, 
Wow, the great Dane in for Steve Trichio. Imagine that. Woo! There you go. That, that's that's, a, that's had, an in for. Goldie Harris. That's an in for. Goldie Harris, Harris, Jamaican, you know, Jamaican, my Jamaican assistant coach. So, you know, it, it, we've always had a lot of Jamaicans come in. Um, and so they, they've always performed well, like a Kevon Freider. You know, he came here a couple years ago, had a great season. I think, what, he scored 13, 14 goals. And then went on, you know, last year and, and scored maybe, what, two goals last year. And uh, so, you know, we, we've proven that we, when guys come in here that they can, they do well. It's just a matter of fact that I, I know that I'm going to lose them. If they, if they perform well, they go on to bigger and better things. And, and um, I guess you could look at that both ways. For me, it's, it's frustrating, but for the player, it's great. All right, Coach, I want to turn back the clocks a little bit. Let's go back to the 1990 World Cup. A 5-1 drubbing against Czechoslovakia for the U.S. men's national team. <laughs> However, the silver lining is that you get spotted by the assistant coach from Czechoslovakia, who was then the head coach of Sparta Prague, Giants over over in that part of the world. You end up going over there for a season. You help them win a league championship. You become the first ever American to play in the European Cup at the time. That European Cup actually was won by AC Milan. And in, in the moment, in the year that you, like when that was going on and how that was sort of unfolding, did you necessarily know what you were accomplishing at the time? But now where Champions League has gone, obviously not called European Cup anymore. Does it hold more weight now? What was that whole process like for you? It was kind of crazy, right? Because, you know, after, after the World Cup, um, my, my goal was to go overseas. And I had a few, um, few tryouts lined up, you know, one in Germany, a couple in England, um, I think Belgium at the time. But then, um, you know, Sparta called, uh, they called the Federation and asked if I'd be interested. And it, w- it wasn't a tryout. It was a flat out contract saying, hey, let's go. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I thought about it. And, and really at the time, I, I wasn't even thinking about, you know, the, the, the Champions League or the European Cup at the time. I was just thinking about, I want to go play in Europe. I want to get better. You know, I want to, I want to keep progressing with the national team and see and, and try and help us. Because at the time, a lot of us, that's what we were trying to do. A lot of us are trying to go to Europe. To, to, to get better. And so it came up and I accepted it. Um, I flew over and met the team actually in, 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 uh, where were we? In Rotterdam. And we played some preseason friendlies. We played, uh, Porto and we played Stuttgart at the time and beat them both. And I'm like, holy cow, man, this is a decent team. And so then I, then we went to, in, into Prague and it was crazy, man, because that, that's the time it had just turned over from communism. And I was the first foreigner there in 40 years. And so, it kind of, it was a kind of a big deal. Um, and then, um, you know, playing in the games, I was, I was getting better as a player. I could feel it. Um, and then, um, you know, towards, towards that end of the season, I, I was only on a one-year contract there. And towards the end of that season, that's when Bora took over the national team. And at, at the time, if, if, if probably people don't remember, but guys were on full-time contracts with the, with the national team. And so, you know, they'd get together two weeks out of every year and so, or out of every month and meet and go and play games. So I, I had, I tried to, I, I, I wanted to stay in Europe, but then I was torn between, well, maybe I should go back, let Bora understand, you know, what type of player I am. So I decided on that. I came back, probably the worst decision I ever made. Bora didn't like me at all. <laughs> so, and so I was really just, uh, I was, I was there just with that, uh, the rest of that, that year with them, which was uh, 90, 91. Um, and so, you know, you make decisions, but uh, you got to live with it. And, um, and then, so I went back, I went back the following year and played in, in the Netherlands and with Dordrecht, um, in the first division in, in Holland. And, um, uh, that, you know, that was a great experience too. It's just, uh, you know, it was a good, it was a good career for me. Um, but yeah, the, that, that, that Czechoslovakia game, and even though we did lose five, one, it, it turned out, it turned out positive for me. 
Coach, I'm going to keep it in a similar area. Tyler and I are going to veer it just a bit and combine national with youth. Let's start with this. We've had the opportunity uh, to speak with one of your good buddies and John Harts. Also, Tim Howard has come on. And when you when you look at the national and youth level, one, one of the things that have been the resounding message to us is that there's kind of this disconnect emotionally where you get a lot of individual players that are putting together some pretty decent results. But that competition, the emotion isn't necessarily translating to the group place. So you're seeing these guys come through with awesome personal, like physical abilities in a one on one situation. But, you know, it's very much how do I get better to get to the next step? It's not necessarily let's do this as a team and make the jump. Your personal involvement at the youth level now, you've already talked about the past, what it's like and how do we get that to translate into the next level, whether it be USL, MLS or, or the big boys up top? Uh, at the national level for the men's national team. Yeah, like, and, and we've talked about it. I, I try to stay, stay involved with the with the youth with the youth program um, and see how things are ran, run. And for, for me, you know, there's a lot of identification going on out there. Um, and you know, it, it, and there's a lot of people working on that identification process. It's just I think trying to find those right play, the right players to fit in. Um, and if you look at, you know, you're, you're talking about. You know, guys being motivated, I think, when they when they come into the national team and it's 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 different than when I was there. You know, we were we were motivated because um, that was our job. And, and and we 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 wanted to keep a job, you know, going even before that. in um, you know, when I was involved with the because I first started with the national team, like around 87, um, 86, 87, around there. And then, you know, kind of formed into the Olympic team. And these these were things that, oh, my gosh you know, we talk about it like, man, we got to be part of this. And it was, it was just a big thing. And it was, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of pride to be part of that. I think we've gotten away from that. Um, I mean, obviously these guys are making tons of money now and, and, you know, they're being called into the national team. And um, I hope they have that pride to, you know, to keep growing this game in this country because it, it, it keeps growing. But, um, but if you look at it, it, that's, that's all around the world now. I mean, so why are other teams, you know, still, still, you know, still being good and stuff with these guys making tons of money and coming in, coming in. Belgium's a great example, you know, very small country, top players on, on that team. And so why can't the U S do that? I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I can't wrap my head around. If you're called into the national team, it should be a big deal. I just, I just feel that some, some of these guys that come in just say, Oh man, I got to play another game. And that's what it feels like to me. Now I'll be honest. This, this, with with Berhalter though, I've seen a change in the players' attitude. I can I can see it when they're playing on the field, and it it, it look it looks good to me. And so I'm I'm all for what what Greg's been doing. Um, you know, hopefully they can keep progressing and get to that next level. And you know, this this summer take the Gold Cup and um and keep progressing for uh, the qualifying that's going to be coming up. And coach, you mentioned player identification, and I want to talk about one of your guys specifically. And, and we talked about this when we spoke before the Phoenix game a few weeks ago. Ronnie Argetta, his story to me is one of the more intriguing in the USL championship. A guy who didn't get a single minute of varsity soccer playing time over at UC Santa Barbara, manages to stay fit, plays on the club team, finds himself a PDL contract with Ventura County Fusion, and then has now made a career for himself. And this is a guy who really was not highly recruited. He was more of a preferred walk on at UC Santa Barbara, and now has made a life for himself playing the beautiful game. Just in terms of you know, coaching and, and, and somebody like Ronnie who didn't get that experience from age 18 to 21 playing varsity soccer, but clearly had the, had the coaching at a younger age to be able to have those technical abilities and then, and then produce, albeit not during college, and then find himself a PDL contract and now 
making a living for himself in the USL championship. Can you sort of tie all that together and sort of how Ronnie fits, fits into that and, and what your experience with like has been with him? Yeah, I think that that's probably a lot of players in the, in the United States. You know, I mean, I really don't know Ronnie's story before I saw him. And like I said, I saw him, I picked him up in Ventura at a, at a combine. I just saw something in him. Actually, I also picked up Saeed Robinson out of that same combine. Um, and I, I just saw something in him that, that would fit into the way I played. And now his, his game has progressed immensely. You know, he, he was here the first three years with us. And then last year went off to, to Fresno and he just didn't have, he didn't have a whole lot of success there. And it, you know, that, that has to do with the way the, the coach plays. But for me, he is, he is one of the, the, the best midfielders in this league. And, and um, you know, I think it's just a shame that he, it's, you know, a lot of players progress late in their careers. And that's, I think that's what Ronnie, I, I think he's what he's probably 26, 27 right now. Um, and uh, and for me, he still he could play in the MLS. Um, and so I'm I'm hoping you know with with this relationship with the Rapids, I know that I know they're they're watching us. They're, they're you know they've given us some um, some ideas on players that they've been watching. And, and Ronnie's Ronnie's one of those players that teams should be watching. Um, and so if if he can keep progressing, yeah, I want to keep him here. But for me, I, w- I would love to see Ronnie play in the MLS because I think he can play that level. Um, but yeah, it, it's just I think he's just one of those players that kind of kind of got caught maybe if you know i i don't know if he had other opportunities to go to other colleges to play at that time but um yeah i just saw something in him and and what a great player what a great person actually too and he's, he's one of our leaders on the field that that's really keeping this team together true let's try and try like tie all of this together so when we were at the national level you, you were referencing identification then tyler brings ronnie in you take a look so the debacle that was the qualifying for, for the men's 2018 World Cup obviously didn't go very well and out steps Galati, in steps Carlos Cadero. They took some time, but they think they found their guy in Bearhalter. And you like what you've seen in the system that's been put in place. Let's look at the personnel specifically, though, and, and guys getting opportunities, this, that, and the other. You, the old guard in the last call-up, some of them still there. Omar Gonzalez is in there, Michael Bradley in there, and, and even Christian Ramirez at 28. Those are guys that have had reps on a regular basis and, and some big names like Michael Bradley and Gonzalez who have a bunch of caps for the men's national team. Then you look at some of the young guys. Pulisic's the easy one, but let's go a step further. Will Trapp getting some reps. Um, Tyler Long, Tyler Adams, or excuse me, Aaron Long, Tyler Adams, of course. Who is someone on the older side that you think maybe needs to bow out a little bit and give some of these guys a look? And, and who do you think maybe on the younger side isn't necessarily getting the look or the minutes that he deserves? Wow. <laughs> you put me on the spot on this one, man. <laughs> um, Don't worry. Only, no, only I... like five people will listen. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> hey, that sounds like us here. Sorry. <laughs> you, know, um, <yeah. laughs> um, you know, I mean, I, I'm listening to listening to Greg and he wants to I think he wants to keep that balance. He does need some of those older guys in there to mesh with those younger guys. Um, you know, as as for and I still think Bradley has has a lot to offer for this team. I, I still think he should be there. Um, but, you know, it's it, it's kind of hard to say. Um Maybe you go at goalkeeper. Maybe, you know, um, I don't know, man. This is a tough one. <laughs> but um, I don't know. We'll just, we'll just keep it at that. I think, I think he should keep some of those older guys there and, and, and find the right mixture. I mean, he's still got time here to, to, bring, in, to bring in some, some guys and see how they mix in, and mix in with everybody. 
Uh, but, you know, as for the younger players, I mean, I really like Aaron Long, actually, to tell you the truth. Uh, I, I, you know, I, and he's one of those guys that, you know, he, he started in our league a few years ago, um, was defender in our league, and then moved on to the, to the next level, and now he's at the national team level. And I really like the way he plays. He's calm on the ball. He distributes well. He defends well. He's got decent speed. He's, he's, he's good in the air. But he's, he's one of those guys that I watch that uh, – and see if he can keep progressing to that next level. And, and uh, you know, obviously, I, I really like Tyler Adams. I mean, the, the kid, the kid, he's got it. I'm not sure I, I'd like to see him at right back, but I'd like to see him actually in that midfield, you know, causing problems because I think I, I really like the way the kid plays. So, um, yeah, I think I'll keep it at that for right now, with, with especially the older players. Don't want, don't want to ruin those sponsorships, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, yeah, don't want to hurt anybody, hurt anybody's feelings. <laughs> so, so you talk about Tyler and Aaron and, and the good things that they do and, and what they're capable of. Let's talk about something for you that maybe things you don't like, maybe your biggest pet peeves that either with people that are playing for you or things that you see at other levels or other squads, maybe it's the wrong standing foot. There's plenty of guys out there who can, who can put together a solid, solid performance, but maybe can't communicate appropriately forwards in a system that aren't tracking back in, in a high press. What's something that really ticks you off personally when you take a look at them? You know, just giving 100%. I mean, I, re- I require part, – part of the way we play is I require everybody to play both sides of the ball. Um, and what really gets me uh, is, is pe- guys' reactions after we've lost possession or if it's a bad pass or if, it, you know, if it's a bad ball or you don't get the ball. That, that reaction, it just – that's one thing that as a pet peeve, as a coach, as even when I was a player, I, I hated that. Um, and so – you know, I try, I try and still in my guys and, and we've, we've went through this the first couple, uh, you know, some of the first games there with some players and, you know, I've had to take them out and, and they, they, they were starters and, and now they're not. So I guess you have to learn the hard way, but that, that's my biggest thing. Um, yeah, guys, guys are going to make mistakes on the ball that this, this game is, you know, this game is not a pure game that you're never going to not make a mistake. And so mistakes are going to happen. It's just how you react after those mistakes that, uh, that really gets me. All right. So while Devin w- likes to focus on the negative in his life, I want to focus on the positive. And <laughs> <laughs> so, Coach, you, you've been you've been all over. You know, you talked about your time with Sparta, Tampa Bay Rowdies. You know, you go all the way back to the beginning of your professional career with the St. Louis Steamers, Montreal Impact, back at Tampa Bay, Colorado. Um, and, you know, obviously traveled around with the U.S. men's national team. What is your favorite city that you've traveled to, whether it be in the United States, abroad, wherever it might be, and any any good story that you might be able to share with us from from that particular city? What kind of program is this? <laughs> I keep I keep talking to those guys from like the the nineties that hey we should do a tell all book. No, but I'll keep it clean. Um, yeah, no, you know, probably I would say my favorite. Prague is probably is one of my favorite cities, but Salzburg is one of the places that I, I would love to go back to. Um, I was actually, it was 2000, year 2000. Um, we had, that's when I was with the Tampa Bay Mutiny at the time and had a good season, but I was, shoot, I was 34, I think, at the time. But New York wanted to trade for me. And so at the end of the season, they asked me to go on a trip. Uh, we went to, uh, where we go to Munich? We went to Salzburg. Um, and then we played another game in, uh, Cologne, I think. And it was actually, um, both of Mateus's last time to, 
he really played a game. So I got to play along with him, which was kind of cool because growing up, um, he was one of those guys that I watched and, and I, I tried to learn a lot from, but, um, so we, we went to play and we played in Salzburg and stayed in Salzburg and that place was unbelievable. Um, um, for, as for a story, <laughs> um, trying to think, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of stories out there, but, uh, um, John Harks is a very funny guy. I'll just say it that. And, he, and, you know, we, we, <laughs> we, we talked, we talked about it. And back then, and hopefully he'll, maybe he'll listen. You know, he, he had the, uh, the acid wash jeans and those high top Reeboks that he wear all the time. And then he had the, he had the best mullet of all these guys, of all of us. So, uh, you know, that, 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 that guy, man, he's, he's so witty. And when he did, when he did Bob Gansler impression, that was probably the best person that impressed, uh, did an impression of Bob Gansler at the time. So that'll probably, I mean, now that you've talked about the, the tell-all with that, with, with those World Cup <laughs> teams, I mean, now we got to fly all of you guys in here to do one, you know, like yeah. three hour long episode. We'll, we'll put yeah. a viewer discretion advised at the beginning of it and we'll just let the tape run for a few hours. Yeah, I think that might get in, we might get in trouble on that one. I don't know. A <laughs> <laughs> couple bottles of Evian and just let it fly. <laughs> there you go. Hey, why not? <laughs> so, you, you talked about the mullet from by John Harks and you and I coach as well as Tyler earlier this season. We, we paid our, our credit to Jordan Bird and his amazing mustache. Let's talk about a former player that maybe would get involved in one of those stories. Who's someone that you've coached that could maybe hang with you guys that you'd like to sit down and maybe share a beer and go a step further, shut a bar down with? Man, <laughs> let's see who, who could be that, uh, man. Um, you know, this year I'll, have to, I'll look at this this year. Um, Mike Seth, he's that kind of he's that kind of person, that kind of guy that probably at the, you know, you go back to the late '80s, early '90s that could hang with us. He's he's got the he's got the personality. He's got the, uh, you know, the way he holds himself. I think he he he'd be able to hang with us. Some of these other guys, no chance. You know, so different different people, different times. But Mike Seth, one of those old old time guys that. Um, yeah, he'd be part of our group back then. Tyler, notice that's a that's a Penn State reference there, buddy. That's a Pittsburgh boy who's got a <laughs> PSU Beren background. He, I guarantee you, he shared a couple beers with Darren Powell last year. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, not sure about that one, but maybe. <laughs> Wait, so we're now well, now we need to know who's just somebody that 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 would not be able to hang with the old boys. It feels, oh, it feels oh, like man. it's Jordan Burt. <laughs> uh, Jordy's all right. Yeah. I'll have to go back to last year's team with Luke Bercoloni. No chance. <laughs> he would not be part of our group. I can tell you that. <laughs> Poor Luke. Not even. Poor Luke. So. <laughs> now, coach, you bring bring the goalkeeper back, Abraham Rodriguez, on loan because he can't even oh. he can't even drink. He's only eighteen. <laughs> there's a, there's a couple guys. Matt Hundley's on the same. You know that's you know that that's a little bit of that's changed with us this year. We're we're very young. Um, even the other night uh, in, in Portland, Sam Rabin, another uh, loney from the Rapids, which he's only what, I think Sam's 20, 21. That, that was his first professional start. So, you know, like I said, we're young right now. We're a uh, small roster and we're struggling a little bit with injuries. So we got to get through this game tomorrow because then we have 10 days off and we hopefully get everybody fit for the month of May. Well, Coach, there is some good news. Um, we asked John Harks when he came on if he was willing to donate to the Steve Trichu Pocket Foundation in Colorado Springs. And he <laughs> said 
he said that he's dealing with the lowest budget in League One, so he was a little upset that we even asked that question. But he is willing to donate a dollar fifty next time you're in New York or New Jersey to get a solid slice of pizza. You know, I'll take it. I'll take it for a minute. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm not. Don't don't be fooled by Harkley because I I talked to him about our budget too. So I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna believe him on that one that much. So, but no, he's those guys. You know, I I try and keep in contact with a lot of those guys. I see Harkley now. Since he's been in, he's been in the league and he's been involved with the league. I've seen Tony every once in a while when I uh, you know I stayed involved with uh, the national team, the scouting and that. So it's, it's good to see those guys. I talk to him every once in a while. Actually, I had a call was it last week from John Stolmeyer. You guys remember that name? And cause he he, had, he lost his World Cup ring and wanted me to take a picture of mine to see if he can get a replace. So I haven't, oh. I haven't spoke to him in a few years. So yeah, it was. It's good. To, it's good to see these guys, and you know, a lot of them are involved in coaching or are still involved involved in the game. And so, that, I think that that's a testament to well, both Lothar Osiander and and Bob, Bob Ganser, because you know, obviously back then they had to teach us the game, especially the international game. And there were a lot of hours that we spent on the field listening to them and going through things. So I think that I think that helped a lot of us in our coaching careers. Devin did Coach the same Hunter. thing with his wedding ring. Oh, it stops. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, I know better. I leave my, I, I have like four. I leave the good one at home in a box and the other ones I just kind of throw around the office and let everybody else play with it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Coach, you, you talk about coaching and, and everything that you've been through and nurturing it. I, I'm not sure how much you know about the Eastern Conference. I'm going to throw it in there, but you take a look around the West and the East. Any particular coach or, or maybe teams that have caught your eye that you like what they've done and, and their performances, maybe not necessarily just 2019, but something they put together overall. I mean, Louisville might be the easy choice because they're back-to-back champions, yeah. but um, and anyone you like? You know, I've, I've watched bits and pieces. I, you know, I really don't sit there and analyze games, but some, some of the games that I, I have seen, I, th- I think, you know, John Wolniak's doing a great job in New York. Um, and I know he deals, it's, it, you know, he's dealing with that as, as the second team of the first team, but he's done a great job and he's pretty, he's been pretty consistent year after year, year with the team and, and getting guys ready for, for that first team. Um, and so, but yeah, I, I try and watch, I think Charleston, Mike Anheuser does a great job out there. I mean, the guys, he's been there forever. Um, and so, but I mean, those are, those are the ones that I've kind of seen so far. Uh, like I said, it, it's hard for me to, to watch those games because I got to concentrate on ours and it's such a quick turnaround week after week. And it, it's, this, this is a hard league. And I can, you know, a few years ago when Curtin, Curtin also was, was in the league where we talked at one time and we, we both were like, this is a hard league to, to coach in. Um, you know, in the MLS, they've got 10 guys on the, on their, their thing, on their, on their staff and, you know, they've got they've got uh, computer guys that analyze games and ten different assistant coaches. And like here in here in the spring, this myself and Woldy Harris, and so um, and we've got to get through everything, get get guys, get the teams prepared week after week for for different games because you just, sometimes you don't even know who's going to play in the, in the other team. You know, you get a twenty three man roster two days before the game, but that doesn't help a whole lot. And so um, it's 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 difficult preparing teams for this league, but. I think we do a decent job here with what we have and um, the guys are prepared and we give them, you know, the tendencies of the team, what they're, what they're going to try and do, what we need to do to break them down. And so I think these guys are prepared going into the league or to the games. Trent, not sure if uh, he's willing to let them go, but I started to create a bit of a relationship with Martin Rennie. So for any reason you need me to reach <laughs> out and go after Dane Kelly, a little back channel communication, I will take a fee, 
Just the opportunity yeah. to close down the bar. I, I bring a lot to the table, Tyler will tell you. There, there's always those fees that I hear from, you know, these agents and everybody. <laughs> we don't have any extra fees to pay fees. So. All right, Coach, we'll get out of here. We know that you're preparing for a little midweek tussle with the Tulsa Roughnecks, but we want to thank you yeah. again for coming on. You've been the best, and we really appreciate it, and best of luck the rest of the way. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Trent. Thanks. Take care.